Welcome to The Meteor Podcast, a weekly news show about what's going on in the media community. This episode is for Friday, June 12th, 2015. This week's episode is brought to you by Modulus.io. They are the single best hosting option available for Meteor right now. Go to Modulus.io and check them out. They offer a marketplace, they offer you Mongo databases, it's very easy to integrate with other Mongo databases. You know, they offer WebSocket support with sticky sessions. They do everything right for your Meteor app. I use them for everything that I'm doing. I would highly recommend you use them as well. Modulus.io. Welcome. I'm Josh Owens. I'm the host, Josh Owens, and I've got a special guest co-host this week. Welcome back, Dean. Hey, hey. From so, Chicago. Grooving yeah. it up. So Rye was completely MIA. I texted him and I never heard back. So uh, luckily Dean was able to fill in and save the day, especially like I was so crazy busy last week. I just couldn't do it. So just call me Josh's little helper. Ah, nice. <laughs> Got my, my meteor shirt on today. Yeah, yeah. I gave a talk and someone's like, well, how do we, how do we get that shirt? And I was like, Oh, you can't get that shirt. That shirt's deprecated. <laughs> they, don't, they don't make that shirt anymore. You can get this shirt, but not that shirt. <laughs> yeah, so we've got an exciting show. There was like two weeks worth of stuff to cram in, but I'm kind of in a hurry too today. So we've only got four stories, but they're good ones, I promise. And if you're not reading Crater and don't know about all the other like 30 stories I had to choose from, what's wrong with you? <laughs> As always, you can find this podcast, I never say this anymore, on meteorpodcast.com. You can find it on twitter.com slash meteorpodcast. We occasionally do the tweeting there. So this week we're talking about Qtoot. That's awkward. Uh, proposal to deprecate sessions. Meteor Security 201. And the Meteor Allow and Deny Security Challenge. Dun, dun, dun. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> The Cuke tutorial, yes, yes, that one was interesting. A lot of Cuke uh, action going on lately, but I don't know. Zolvio, um, well, they're the package author, but they're not the blog author. Yeah, I don't know who wrote this blog. Uh, Let's see, maybe it's on Crater. This makes me sad. Morewe.com, don't know that. Uh, yeah, so I, I hit the about link, and it totally didn't have the guy's name either. He's like, I make Meteor and Rails apps. Well, what did this, what did this humble uh, uh, advisor of the community have to say? But Mark Hurwitz. There you go. Nice. Minneapolis, Minnesota. You get an A+. Plus. Gold star. <laughs> so Mark uh, wrote a post about getting started with uh, Cucumber. And so number one, like hats off to him because my tutorial is sadly outdated because in the world of meteor testing, if it's more than a day old, it's too old. Um, I, it's, it's getting better. It's getting better. I will say that. Yeah, like my Cucumber tutorial was way out of date. Like Sam did a major refactor on Cucumber. It says here in the blog post, he took it as an opportunity to learn how to get going with things. And uh, so he replicated some of the work that I had done, kind of showing how to do a login and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know. Like, again, I will say this every time. If you want to be a good developer, learn to test and write tests, you know, like 
That's it. That's all there is. That's <laughs> the biggest secret to being a good developer is writing good tests that, that function. I like the, the ad addition uh, of the word good um, because at first it is all about getting some tests in and learning that workflow, which prior to being given the nice uh, label TDD was also known as the scientific method. So it's, a, it's the best method, but yeah. So anyway. Yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, it, it's very much the scientific method, right? Because we can't know if we've improved things if we don't measure them first, right? And to me, testing is like measuring to make sure we're getting the right output. Mm -hmm. And the prediction that says, I predict that I'm going to get a red. Okay, got a red. If you didn't, then, you know, the do not pass go, right? Yeah. And then uh, I predict that by fixing this, I'll get a green, et cetera. Yeah. So I'll also uh, not take anything away from Mark in this tutorial, but I'll also throw a shout out to uh, uh, Sam Hatoum for pairing with me on something that I was doing wrong all along, but just because I knew Cucumber in a non-JavaScript environment, mm -hmm. I missed certain things regarding that callback parameter that has to be passed into your steps. Yep. So whether it's called callback or done or finish. You still uh, got to like call it or pass it on. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like a game of telephone there. You always got to pass it on. <laughs> right, right. Did you guys talk about that in the, the Meteor Club Slack chat room or how'd that happen? Yeah, a little bit before he took it offline to, to pair with me for about like 30 or 40 minutes. And nice. It was, it was good. So I think with tutorials like, like this one, um, and the other ones that are, you know, definitely getting out there now, people will be on the right path. Mm -hmm. um, it was something that I was, could have been avoided if I had followed a tutorial like this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's why I wrote the tutorial too, right? I mean, the more we have these good examples out here, the more likely people are to read that and start writing tests. And I think that's the most important thing for our community is to get behind testing and do a better job. What do you think when you find a package that is really useful and really awesome, but then you find out it has no tests for it? Makes me a little sad. I'm not going to say like MDG does a better job either. I forked the other day MDG and ran the test suite for, you know, the stuff I was going to work on and there were failures. Like it wasn't even working, just totally crashed. And so it had something to do with like new code that was in develop, but wasn't in master yet or something. And it just didn't work. And so I commented out all those tests and then still got like a couple of failures. And I don't know, in my pull request, I said, Hey, are your tests working? They're like, Oh, they're not working for you. And it's like, I, I, I was just asking for a, a CI link or something to mm -hmm. kind of prove like it was working before my stuff. Yeah. Started, but you know, I don't know. They didn't have one. So it definitely makes me sad to see a package without tests set as a guy who tests none of his packages. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, you know, it's a, it's a battle. We're all working towards it. So thanks for, you know, advocating for the, the good fight, the good road. Yeah, definitely. All right. So speaking of MDG, next story is uh, deprecating sessions. Yeah. Speaking of the good road or the low road or the, the global variable road or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, session is just, it's one of those, uh, you know, things that you fall into right away in all the tutorials. And there are certain applications that uh, make perfect sense to use it and, uh, or something like it. 
And so I think what uh, Abigail Watson started this uh, hack pad about deprecating session. Did she? And I thought it was Sashko. I would hate to misattribute that. Yeah, this is all Sashko. <laughs> I see, I see. So there's just comments. Uh, yeah, from, yeah, there's a ton there. of comments. Mina and Sasha. Uh, yeah, yeah. Lewis. I assume that's how you say it. Abigail, Vincent, Dominic. Yeah, there's there's quite a bit of comments in here, by the way. I read some of them, but right, I read a lot of them, and I I so to to distill the issue down, um, there are packages that session are is a thin wrapper around, and if we advocated for, um, for example, template level reactive variables, we could get you know better scoping by by using tools differently. Is that about it? Yeah, so I think in my practical experience, the downside of session is the fact that, you know, once people start shoving things there, you, you have no idea what's in there, who did it, has it been cleared out. Like, you always have to remember to clear out your sessions when you're done, basically. And it's just kind mm-hmm. of like, if you don't, it could lead to weirdness, right? So if you leave a session in there and someone was on a page and it was indicating like a UI state and they come back to that page, maybe that's a good thing that you tracked it, but maybe it's a bad thing too. I don't know. Right. And so there's always yeah. like, you know, we ran into bugs. We, we relied on it super heavily in the early days of uh, us using media differential. You know, I probably about two or three projects in, I'm like, that session just seems like a bad idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we didn't have reactive so, R back then, so we just would kind of like track things on the template somehow. So um, you can, you know, new up. I, I'm personally very interested in the lower level reactive primitives, like the reactive dictionary, which has that unfortunate name that I think is another part of the uh, uh, well, it's discussion. Not, it's, I, I, I think reactive dictionary is a fine name, but this one's actually just <laughs> reactive dict. <laughs> yes, and uh, you know, try mentioning that in a in a room full of people talking, and uh, when the heads turn around because they didn't hear the T on that, I don't know. It's just you know one of those things. Uh, saving a few letters doesn't add clarity to this for me at all. Yeah, and totally. so one of the proposals was uh, reactive uh, namespace, reactive dot dictionary, reactive dot variable, reactive dot object, and I think it's a good discussion to be having about where to put in these things that kind of evolved over time, not necessarily to a standard uh, naming convention, but, you know, could we, could we standardize and do a little better on naming? Yes. Could we uh, get rid of sessions from Meteor documentation? I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of an example, but I've worked in other frameworks where there's some ability to do something in the framework and they're like, oh yeah, but don't do that. And I know you hate making that kind of statement and then having that tribal knowledge, but I don't know if it's feasible to, to get rid of session entirely. You could. I think you just make a lot of people mad, right? Yeah. And so, like, it's, I think it's a noob crutch. That's, that's right. what I tend to call yeah. it. And really, like, if I think back to it, I, I do show it in my, both my training class and my Cordova tutorial. And it's just, honestly, it's just easy. Like I could just as easily yeah. do a global scoped reactive, you know, dictionary of my own. Mm-hmm. Nothing to say. I have to use theirs. Yeah. It's just a one liner to replace it. And 
put something else in place and kind of get your own little namespaces. And honestly, uh, that was one of the suggestions Sasha put in there was reactive namespace. And I think that's a perfect name for it because that's really what you're doing, right? Like it's just a big, big variable that you can carve out and shove whatever you want into it. Yep. That can be handy. Yep. And naming is one of the hardest things in computer science. Yep. What is it? Uh, there's three hard things in computer science, caching and naming. <laughs> yeah. And the third one is remembering what the third one is. <laughs> no, it's counting. <laughs> it's counting. <laughs> Off by one error. Yeah, 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 exactly. Happens all the time. All right. So session, I, I don't know. Like, is there any practicality to deprecating it? I actually don't think so. I don't think we gain anything by removing it. I mean, it's just a one-liner global namespace and I just don't think we're hurting anyone with it personally. Yeah. I, I'd like to see uh, now the template level uh, variables and auto runs are a lot easier to use. Uh, maybe courses will start teaching it that way and session will be yeah. relegated to an afterthought. Like the Well, opinion. so I'll say, you know, honestly, uh, my Cordova tutorial, the latest revision of it uses template level subs. It's got auto run and uh, it's using reactive Rs to kind of determine everything and, and redraw the map as it needs to. But I still use a session to grab the location. And frankly, that was just the fastest way to do it. You know, session dot set location and it's reactive and it works. So, well, and if that's the semantics, you know, if you're uh, on a, a game that has 20 questions, the current question for each person might be tracked in a session variable. Cause that does represent, you know, what they're, what they're on right now. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. I, I feel like we're, we're, uh, on a witch hunt here. <laughs> There's better things to do, guys. All right. <laughs> Just kidding, Sashko. So how can we make our apps more secure, regardless of the variable names? I think actually having uh, uh, different namespaces is potentially a way towards security, but that's not what the security 201 is about, is it? No. I don't All right. This, Break it this, down for us, Josh. This post was from a jerk. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It was mine. Um, so, you know, I wrote a Meteor 101, Meteor Security 101 topic, and uh, it was it was all right. I think it was good. Um, it was kind of like the obvious stuff, like don't deploy with insecure installed. And, and in all honesty, like a lot of my blog posts come from like a, a real world like I actually saw this happen. Like I saw big public startup that had insecure installed and they were running in production with it. So, you know, yeah. I mean, it's not crazy. I don't make this crap up, <laughs> but meteor security 201, I did a security audit for someone and uh, we sat down for two hours and kind of went over things. And a lot of that, a lot of what I put into this article was kind of takeaways from, you know, how and why this security is important and what, what you need to like, trust and not trust. And yep. I, I think the keys are here, you know, on the server side, you need to trust this dot user ID, you know, don't, don't right. take an input and, and make sure you're keying your data off that user ID. And when I say that, I mean like find the user or, you know, kind of uh, if you think about it this way, like if we're looking at Twitter, I've got a user ID and then we've got a bunch of tweets and those tweets probably have my user ID. And so don't just accept a user inputted user ID, make sure that the logged in user has access to see those tweets, right? I mean, this is yep. what we're talking about. 
if they're private messages, you don't want to necessarily just release those to me. You need to make sure that they're allowed. So that was, uh, that was one of them kind of verifying that, that user input and don't trust it. Also don't, you know, iron router and using an on before action and not rendering something that's not security. <laughs> that's just you not showing some HTML if it's not allowed. Um, right, right. The, the true security happens on the publication. So you need to double check and make sure you don't publish the data if they don't have the access to it, you know? So that's, that's kind of important. Someone thought the allow deny rules applied to code that they were running in a meter method on the server. And that's not the case. Allow deny rules are only there to restrict the client from doing certain things or allowing them to do certain things. So uh, you need to understand that when you're using a meteor method, even if it's split and goes to both places, right, client and server, ultimately it's going to run on the server and commit whatever data you tell it to commit, and that's independent of your allow and deny rules. Yeah, and that's a subtle one because the, the meteor method call, you can picture exactly where that is in the code but it, and the server-side code, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a little less easy to picture exactly where that endpoint that, uh, when the client updates its own MongoDB and that data syncs across, that's subject to the allow and deny rules. But maybe it's the, the wording that the Meteor API has where you say companies.allow. It looks like it, it applies to the entire company's collection, but it really only applies to that automatic sync that's happening when you update from the client. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe there's some clarity that can be gained in, in the way you structure that. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. You know, for him, the the problem was that, you know, when you put all this stuff in your company's uh, JS file or whatever, like it all sits there together and it looks like, oh, hey, you know, this allow applies to this method. And that's that's totally not the case. You have to understand that any data committal you actually do happens on the server. That's ultimately where you have to rely on the security, this kind of stuff. Honestly, I think that was just the major theme of this post is don't trust the user and only do things on the server. Indeed. And furthermore, allow deny rules are tricky to get right. They are. They really are. <laughs> I was one of the first to attempt to tackle the security challenge, but I, I didn't have time to go through with it. But man, did I learn some things by looking at these proposals. So uh, background, of course, is... I'm just going to make up a name because I know I'm going to get it wrong. Uh, Slava Kim posted this Meteor Security Challenge, right? No, it was Sasha Grafe, wasn't it? Sasha Grafe. Grafe. Yeah. Okay, that's my Spanish R rolling, which doesn't belong in there. But nonetheless, um, the uh, proposal to say, hey, here's, a, here's a, a little security challenge. It's kind of like out of telescope. People can like links, I believe. It's, if, you, if you're familiar with a blogging platform, it's uh, kind of like the, the Meteor forums. And can you make it so that people only can like once and they can't delete other people's likes or set likes to arbitrary values? And um, you can only edit uh, a post that's yours, you know, a typical set of business requirements for what is allowed to be done. And um, there were so many different approaches that people took, um, which then uh, Sacha was kind enough uh, to shoot holes in. 
mm-hmm. actually, and then summarize the typical uh, anti-patterns and mistakes um, that he saw. So this is so incredibly valuable. <laughs> you know what was funny to me is the fact that a lot of the solutions that had problems were like five or six line solutions, you know? One of them was pretty long, but still missed it. Luca, the user accounts guy, he just had like an allow call that had, he was close, but he still missed it, right? Like it was a one-liner and yeah. uh, he didn't get it. And then you go down and you check out uh, my good buddy Pete there, Pete Corey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally nailed it and got it right. But this thing's probably like, you know, I mean, with proper white spacing and readability, it's, it's like 20, 25 lines, I bet. Yeah. Well, and he, he factored things into, you know, using the uh, matcher uh, part of Meteor, which I thought was a, a clever take on it. Right. Uh, the same things that allow for, uh, you know, checking arguments to Meteor methods. So that was a good use of that to reduce the, you know, amount of, I don't know, to segregate the, the amount of things that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that was uh, interesting was, you know, Luca came back and decided to try a deny rather than allow since his first failure. And he, he did a couple denies. Basically, he had one update statement that said return true or one allow statement that said return true. And then he had a bunch of denies uh, that basically looked at the modifiers and made sure that they were valid. But he had one, two, three, four of those. So again, pretty complex. And I'll just say, you know, for me, if I saw this, this challenge, I'd be like, eh, screw that. I'm just going to write a method. <laughs> I, I feel like methods are not a silver bullet either. No. Um, so what, what is it that you would get out of writing it in a method that uh, would be liberating and, and, and better for you? Well, in particular, the method would handle the one function. So like what you're trying to do is replicate the Facebook kind of like post thing, right? And so mm-hmm. you need to track both the user ID and increment the like count. And so all you have to do is call a method called, you know, like post or whatever, pass along a post ID and that's it. Just a post ID on the server side will already know the user ID and will already know the count and can just call increment on it. So, ah. you know, all we have to do is just run a check on the post ID and make sure it's one that they should have access to or something. And then we move on in life. You know, they're not not passing in any other inputs. So for a compound document, instead of validating like the document as a whole, you could just have a method that modifies this part of the document with certain security rules. Sure. Yeah. And and it's server side code. So you can trust it. That's the biggest thing here is with the allow deny, we're allowing the client to send in any old data and, if your allow returns true, you know, and they did something nefarious in their statement, which anyone can issue a statement right from the console. That's, that's the other thing most people don't realize is like, you can just call Meteor, subscribe from the console and yeah, data that's available, you know? So you got to think about that from a security standpoint. Same thing with the inserts and updates, you know, it's just something that any old black hat can open up the console and do. <laughs> Get your black hat on. Yeah. Like I look at, I teach the class and we, we build a follow button and it's a very specific update to a very specific thing. Uh, you know, we're tracking an array of IDs and, you know, we'd probably honestly increment a counter somewhere and that's it. You know, 
Like that's the perfect use case for a method. Yep, and you can use these uh, Mongo modifiers to increment so there's no like race condition if multiple likes come in at the same right. time. Right, totally. I should have, you know, I should have been funny and responded to his security challenge with a method version. <laughs> I still may do that. That would be pretty funny. It'd probably be like three lines of code or something. Yeah, and then he'd be like, but I said only using allow and deny. <laughs> well, I think he's he's kind of proving a point here, right? And he's not. I thought he did it in a really good way. I think to, to put these kinds of easy to fall into errors, uh, I think that kind of illustrates the point uh, almost better than, than any blog post because it has community content and he's showing like how people, I think MDG should, should pay attention to this um, for structuring APIs, right? This is how people are trying to use it. This is the real world validation of, okay, you've written the docs, you've written the APIs, and this is what people are doing with them. Is that what you want? Or is, you know, they're a little more prescriptive uh, advice and that's how things iterate. I'm not faulting that for, for where it is. Sure. Uh, allow deny is perfectly valid for certain types of collections. But as things get complicated, here they are, uh, the, the problems. Yeah. So I'll say I had the pleasure of emailing back and forth with uh, David Glasser yeah. from MDG. And I specifically asked him because there was a, um, this, this was back when there was a, an actual security hole in the allow statement stuff that you could like bypass it. And they released an emergency patch for it. And I was like, I don't, you know, honestly, like I find myself using methods more than allow deny. Can you explain the situation you guys envisioned using allow deny? And David Glasser responded and said that he feels like when he's prototyping an app, he'll use allow deny to kind of get started. And then once his security or his application or whatever gets a little more complex, he moves to methods for updating or inserting data. Yeah. And that's a pretty fair approach, I think. And it's a similar, I think, paradigm to with the session, right? There's a thing that you can use to get started, and then there's the thing you, you'll probably want to evolve into. And I think that's been part of Meteor's charter uh, from the get-go is that it's accessible to beginners. And yet there are still growth paths into, into better things. Yep. Yeah. All right. How's that strawberry beer doing? It's gone. <laughs> I poured it upside down, but I'm, I'm not sure I got all the drops out of it. I feel like I should disclaim that this was um, at least as much apple juice as it was whiskey. Okay. So. Sure. <laughs> well, you still seem sober, so maybe. Yeah, you know. All right. Well, first, I want to say thanks for uh, letting me put you on the spot there, Dean. Appreciate Always a pleasure. And as always, I know we hit the, uh, the Patreon mark to uh, stop with ads, but I'd already secured a year of ads with Modulus. So mm-hmm. we'll keep doing this till December. Uh, if you need hosting, check out Modulus.io. You heard the ad in the beginning. They do a good job. Honestly, they've got a lot of smart guys. We had our last Cincinnati Meteor Meetup there. It's kind of cool. Mm, cool. Uh, they got kegerators and their office is pretty cool. So check them out. And then as always, if you want to be in that, that, infamous infamous slack chat room or just support this podcast in general or creator in general like just go to patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash meteor club you can sign up there 10 bucks will get you into the slack chat room i think we're almost at 100 people in there now so we've got some of the 
greatest minds like Dean in there and Sam and Sasha. <laughs> and uh, we also have some people that are brand new to Meteor. So everyone's in all stages of learning and very hopeful and open to talking and chatting. It's always a fun time. Love to hang out whenever I can. Yep. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in, and we will be back next week. All right. Ciao. This podcast has been a Meteor Club production. You can find out more information about Meteor Club at meteorjs.club. It's pretty easy to join the mailing list and stay in the loop. Again, that's meteorjs.club. <laughs> <laughs>